This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. This is Healing Sunday. And, uh, of course, I want to encourage you. If you know any sick people, every, every first Sunday of the month we're preaching on healing and we're expecting miracles. Amen? And God is in the healing business. And so I'm going to talk to you about some keys to healing today. And, and the first key, um, and I think that sometimes, you know, when we become Christians, we start hearing things like, you know, we all come from different backgrounds. You probably came from different churches. Um, and and we're, we, we hear traditional teaching sometimes. And sometimes in traditional teaching, the minister will minister sometimes that, 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 that God, you know, that sickness is, uh, you know, can, can come about and God's behind it. He, that, sometimes you hear that in preaching that, that, you know, sickness can be that God's behind sickness. And, and that um, if that's the case, if God's behind sickness, why try to get well? Amen. And so people buy into this idea that maybe sickness and God is putting us through something to test us or to try us. Or maybe we have a Job ministry. Uh, anybody ever studied the book of Job? If you've never studied Job, he's a, he's a man in the Old Testament. And, and Job was attacked with sickness and poverty. He was a wealthy man. But we, if you study that story out, we found out, you will find out that it was the devil that actually put sickness on Job. Amen. God didn't put sickness on Job. The devil put sickness on Job. Of course, we know this. If you study out the book of Job, there was a hedge of protection around Job, and that hedge of protection dropped. And I'm going to say this, when you get saved and you start believing right, thinking right, and speaking right, there's going to be a hedge of protection around you. But if we think wrong, if we speak wrong, if we believe wrong, that hedge of protection can drop. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so we got to get a revelation uh, this morning, the first key, I'm talking to you keys about healing. The first key, it is God's will for you to walk in health. It's God's will for you to be healed. And, uh, and so we need to get an understanding of that because even as an unbeliever, before I even got into this walk of faith and healing, you know, if I got sick, I want to get well. I'm going to take a pill. If I got a headache, I'm going to take some aspirin. I'm going to, if I get sick enough, I... I might be made to go to the doctor. Because <laughs> no, none of us guys like doctors. And I don't know if the ladies like doctors in here or not. But I, I'm not a, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather go to Dr. Jesus. Amen. And so, and so, uh, and so we want to, you know, it, it's innate in each one of us to walk in health. Amen. You don't want to wake up feeling bad. It's like, oh, praise the Lord, I'm feeling bad today. No, no, you want to wake up feeling good. Amen? Yes. Amen. And so I love this because Jesus in Luke 4, 18 and 19, he, he, he describes why he's here on this planet. And really, you cannot connect Jesus. I mean, you cannot disconnect Jesus from healing. Jesus and healing goes hand in hand. 
And when you study the, the Gospels and you study the works of Jesus, that's basically what he did was healed and delivered people wherever he went. And so I like this in Luke 4, 18 and 19. Uh, this is now this is get this. This is Jesus's first preaching. And this is a, this is after Jesus went through the wilderness. You know, he, he got baptized in the Jordan River and the spirit of, of the Lord came upon him. He was anointed and then he went through the wilderness. And the Bible says that, well, he beat the devil. Amen. And the only way you're going to beat the devil is the only way you're going to be able to beat the devil is with the word of God. Amen. Amen. And so so we have to. So so Jesus beat the devil with the word of God. And the Bible says he came out of that wilderness in, in the power of the spirit. Jesus came out of that wilderness in the power of the spirit. And some of you may be going through a wilderness, but I decree to you today that you're coming out in the power of the spirit. Do you believe that today? I believe whatever you're going through, that God's going to bring you through it. And that test is going to be a testimony and it's just going to give the devil a black eye. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? So I like what it says here in Luke 4, 18 and 19. It says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. And so, the, so, so Jesus said the spirit of the Lord is upon him. What? To do what? To preach the good news to the poor. Praise God. And, and what that means is that, that Jesus is saying that you don't have to uh, toil in this life. When you meet Jesus, Jesus will bring you into abundance. And then also he says here that he sent him, that Jesus was sent to heal the brokenhearted. Now, if you have a broken heart today or maybe somebody hurt you, God can mend your heart. And there's a lot of hurt people. And but God is so good. His word will heal our hearts. He can restore our hearts and he can bring us back into that place where as if you've never been hurt. Do you believe that today? And then, of course, he says to bring the liberty to, uh, to the captives and recover his sight to the blind. We know Jesus. He healed the leopards. He, he opened the blind eyes. He opened the deaf ears. He did the miracles. And what he was doing was he was setting at liberty those that are bound up. That was his job description. I like what it says in John 10, 10, which is one of my favorite verses of the Bible. Jesus says this. He said, the thief does not come except to steal, kill and to destroy. And Jesus said, I came that what? That you may have what? Life and have it more abundantly. So we see here in John 10, 10, I like what one person said. It, it, it's the dividing line of the Bible. In other words, uh, Jesus declares if something is coming against us that's trying to destroy our lives, if it's coming against us that's trying to take something away from us, that's not God, that's the devil, that's the thief. So we can see that. So if something's coming against us to steal life from us, it's not coming from God. It's coming from the devil. Amen. Amen. And so we got to get that revelation, a revelation that if the devil's trying to put it on you, you got to kick that devil out of your domain. 
you got to get them out of your domain. I like what it says in Acts 10, 38. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Now, we know that Jesus cast out demons to set people free. So he, he did that to set people free because demons can cause disease. Boy, it's quiet in this Methodist church today. And so that, you know, that's one of the first things in the Great Commission that Jesus actually tells us to do is, is to go out in all the world, preach the gospel. And he says, cast out devils. Now, I'm not telling you to get your kids out of your house. No, I, I won't go there. But uh, you got you to work with my humor, okay? But uh, uh, anyway, but, you, but we're called to cast out devils. Amen. We're called to bind the enemy and to cast them out. Jesus was in church one day, and there was a lady that was bent over. And the Bible says she was bent over like this, you know, and... Obviously, she probably had some kind of crippling arthritis and she was bent over. Could you imagine? And she was like that for 18 years. And Jesus saw this lady and she healed this lady. It was on the Sabbath. She healed this lady on the Sabbath and, and she and, and the lady, she lady straightened up and was healed. Praise God. And the Pharisees was mad at Jesus because Jesus healed this lady on the Sabbath, because, you know, the Jewish law was you can't work on the Sabbath. You're not supposed to do any kind of works on the Sabbath. But they were being really hypocritical because, you know, Jesus said, you bunch of hypocrites. You know, Jesus said it like it was. He told those Pharisees, you're hypocrites. He wasn't trying to win. He wasn't trying to win a popularity contest. Jesus, you know, he he, he knew how to how to, you know, upset some people in that day. But you know what? He upset them with truth. And sometimes truth will upset you at times when truth is facing you. Amen. And so whenever truth is coming my way, I want to respond to it in a positive way. And so this lady that he healed on the Sabbath, you know, she said, shouldn't a daughter of Abraham be loosed? Amen. Whom Satan has bound for 18 years. Think about this. Jesus said it wasn't God that kept her bound up. Think about that. It was the devil that bound her up for 18 years. And I love this because he did it on the Sabbath. And I was always wondering, why would Jesus heal somebody on the Sabbath? Why would he upset everybody? Amen. The Pharisees. Well, he did on the Sabbath because the Sabbath is really supposed to be a day of rest. Amen. And really, Jesus said, I love what, it's, what he said in Matthew 11, verse 28. He, said, he says, you know, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. And I'm telling you, when you're dealing with disease and you're dealing with ailments and you're dealing, does that give you rest? Sometimes that keeps you up at night. Amen. So I really believe when Jesus was setting people free on the Sabbath, he was giving them a Sabbath rest from that disease that can preach glory to God. In other words, God wants you walking in a Sabbath, not not just on Saturday, glory to God or Sunday. Our Sabbath is every day of the week, 
365 days out of the year, we can walk in the peace and the joy and the health of God. Can you believe that? See, you see, God did it for the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, he healed people in the Old Testament. And when he healed, and this is interesting, when he was bringing out the Israelites out of the bondage of the Egyptians, uh, the Bible says as Moses was taking them out, the Bible actually says there was not one feeble person among their tribes. And if you study that out, there wasn't one person that was feeble. In other words, it didn't matter how old they were. They were all strong and healthy. And if God can do that in the old covenant, under, under, uh, under the, uh, the old law, what, do you know that you are a spiritual Jew? Somebody like, what, Pastor? Yeah, you know. And, and some of you, you know, you are a spiritual Jew. The Bible says we're engrafted. When you receive Jesus, you are engrafted into the tree. Glory to God. Amen. And you, and you are now of the commonwealth of Israel. Glory to God. And now you have covenant rights. Glory to God. And, you know, I, you know, I was witnessing to a Jewish guy this uh, the, uh, the last week while I was working out. I was witnessing to him and he, he invested. I was telling him a little bit about what I do about, you know, God showing me how to make some finances and increase my finances other than what the church pays me at, um, um, at, in a check. God's been revealing to me how I can increase my income. And the guy was amazed what God was showing me. And, he, and this guy's an investor. And this guy's Jewish. And he, and he asked me, he said, you sure you're not Jewish? Because he said, I'm learning something from you. You know, I said, I, well, well, she, he said, I might have to make you an honorarium member, you know. And I said, well, I am, I am sort of Jewish, you know. Uh, I do uh, serve a Jewish carpenter. And, um, and I am engrafted into the tree. And so, in a sense, uh, I am Jewish in a sense, you know. And uh, because why? Because Abraham's our father, glory to God. He's, 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 he's the father of faith, amen? And we have Abraham's blessing. Somebody say, I have Abraham's blessing. You've got you to start believing that, that you have the blessing. You know, Abraham was making babies past a hundred. So none of you men need any Viagra. All you need to believe God. Walk in faith. Hallelujah. You hear what I'm telling you today? Glory to God. Amen. So let's continue before I mess up a perfectly good sermon. <laughs> so, he, so he said, so he said, you ought to be Jewish. I said, I am. I am. And, uh, and it, it's interesting. It's funny when you're walking in the presence of God and you know who you are in God. It, people start recognizing that. When you start, re- you know, I, I've gotten this before. I was walking out uh, of, I, uh, I was walking out of this place and this guy stopped me. He said, you're a police officer, aren't you? Now, first he said, you're in the military. I said, no, well, yeah, I am in the military, I said, in God's army. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but he said, you're a police officer. But, but people can see when you start walking in the authority that, that Jesus paid for, you're going to walk a little different. You're going to talk a little different. You're going to act a little different. I'm telling you, when, when, when the enemy, I'm telling you, I had a pain hit my foot the other day while I was running on the treadmill. I said, no, in Jesus name. And I kept running. 
on that treadmill, that pain had to go. Why? Because you know what? We're king's kids. We walk in the blessings of God. Amen. The number two key, first key that, that, that you need to get, it, it is God's divine will for you to be healed. Don't ever get a preacher to pray for you for healing. And ne- don't, if he says, uh, Lord, heal, heal that person if it be thy will. That's an unbelieving prayer. That's a prayer that has, there's no confidence in that type of prayer because it's always God's will for you to be healed. I'm going to say it again. It's always God's will. Why? Because Jesus paid that price 2,000 years ago when he got stripes on his body for our healing. And he didn't take those stripes in vain. Can I, can I get an amen? amen? And so number two, a, uh, you got to have, number one, you got to be, you got to know with a shadow of doubt that it's God's will for you to walk in health. Number two, you have to have a burning desire to be healed. Uh, a burning desire. You have to, in other words, you, you can't, if you're dealing with some issue and, and you don't really, it's, it's like, well, I can, I can manage it. I can manage this issue in my life. I can manage this. No, no, no. Then, then, then you're coddling it. You're, 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 you're allowing that to take up space into your life. And you know what? You've got to have a burning desire for, for, for that thing, whatever that thing is, if it's taking life out of you to get out of your life, it, it, it does, it, it, it can be sickness or it could be sin. I'm telling you, whatever it is, you got to have a desire to get it out of your life. You got to have a burning desire. I like what it says in James five sixteen. It says, confess your, see what it is, is that mo- some people, they, listen, they get used to their ailments. They get used to it and they, 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 you know, they just manage it, manage sickness. And God doesn't want us managing sickness. He wants us managing health. He wants us walking in his, in the health of God. Amen. So we don't want to manage. We don't want to get used to it. It's not who we are. It's not supposed to be a part of us. No, it belongs to the devil. It belongs back to hell where it came from in Jesus name. Amen. And so, see, there's no sickness in, in, he- uh, in heaven. It's it, all healthy people in heaven. And remember the Lord's Prayer, pray that it will be down here on earth as it is in heaven. How is it in heaven? All is well. So I like what James 5, 16 says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So here, uh, here, uh, James is talking about, you know, healing here. He's talking about if you want healing, part of it, you need to pray for somebody. Amen. Pray for somebody's healing. Even you can pray for yourself. You can lay hands on yourself. Glory to God. But then he says the effect of fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. He doesn't see. Notice it says the effect of fervent prayer. That means the red hot prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available for you. So we got to get a tenacious faith spirit that we're, we're going to get so serious about what we want, we're not going to let go until we get it. And I like this because James starts talking about Elijah 
and how Elijah believed for rain. And I love that story, and it's in 1 Kings 18, 41 and 44. And Elijah, it was a drought for three years, and the land was all dried up. And Elijah started praying for rain. And, uh, and he talked to his servant, and, 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 he, told, and he said to the servant, uh, you know, go and see if there's a cloud in the, in the, in the sky. And, and the servant came back. And said to Elijah, there's no cloud. And so what did Elijah tell the servant? He said, go back and see if there's a cloud. And, you know, the second time that the servant came back and told Elijah, there's no cloud. And that some of us would be getting a little irritated by now. I'm talking about us faith people like oh, I'm looking for the cloud. See, you've got to start looking for maybe just a little bit of a symptom leaving. You got to look for a little bit going away. In other words, you got to start looking for a, a sliver of light in the darkness. You have to start looking for when you when you're believing God for healing, maybe something's not moving, but you start moving something a little bit more and a little bit more. And Elijah said, "The third time, go back." And the third time his servant came back and said, "Well, there's no there's no cloud." And then Elijah said, "Okay, go back again." Now, this, now, now his servant is getting pretty burned out by now. Good thing Elijah's not running up the top of the mountain looking for this. And so how many times did Elijah ask his servant to go? Does anybody know? Seven times. Seven. The sixth time we would have gave up hope. The fifth time we would have said, that's it. Uh, call, the, 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 call, call somebody. Amen. Amen. Call the mortuary. Call, call somebody. Call, get, let's buy the casket. No, no. Listen, listen. You just, you got to keep believing. You got to keep believing that you're going to see, you know, the goodness of the land of, of God in the land of the living. You got to keep looking for God's goodness, no matter what you're dealing with. And the seventh time, finally, Elijah came back and said, I found a cloud, but it's only about the size of a man's hand. And you know what? Uh, Elijah said, well, that's all I need. All I need was just that little cloud. And he said, I, I, hear, the, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. And listen, and you know what? Not just, just a little, in a little bit of time, the, it started getting cloudy. It started getting dark. And the rain of God started pouring down. And I'm telling you, the miracle was there. Rain signifies God's blessings. And I'm going to say this to you today. Keep believing. Keep looking for the cloud. And the rain will start to pour down on your lives. Do you believe that today? The rain of God's goodness, the rain of God's love. You know, I, I like what uh, what happened to blind Bart. I like to call him Bart, Bartimaeus. Amen. I shortened to Bart. Amen. And in Mark ten forty six and fifty two, and this is this is still on the same key of that you gotta uh, you gotta have a tenacious spirit, a no quit spirit. And in, in Mark ten forty six. Through 52, 
It says, now they came to Jericho and he went out to Jericho. This is Jesus' disciples. With his disciples, a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. Think about that. But he cried out even more, son of David, have mercy on me. And so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Think about that. First of all, blind Barimaeus, you know, he was there. He heard about Jesus. He heard about all the miracles that he was doing. And he was excited. And he, and he was a blind man. And he started calling out, Jesus, son of David. In other words, when he was saying, Jesus, son of David, he was saying, Jesus, I know you're the Messiah. I know you're the one that came to set us free. I know you are the one that's going around healing and God is behind it. And I know that you are the son of David. And he was th- and he was saying son of David. And he, he was revealing uh, the, the power that Jesus was walking in. And we have here. And then and then the people around him said, be quiet. Don't talk to him. Uh, don't talk to Jesus. He doesn't want to have anything to do with you. And what did he do? He just shut down and walked away. No, he kept speaking out louder. Sometimes when you're not feeling the pain leave, you might need to start speaking out a little louder, confessing the promises a little louder. In in other words, you need to start speaking it out. You need to shout it out. Man, that old commercial, shout it out. I'm dating myself. I think it was a laundry detergent or something. Mary, they say, shout it out. Sometimes you just need to shout out that pain, shout out that symptom, shout it out. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? I'm telling you, you need a you need a run to your giants shouting glory to God. And so what happened? The Bible actually says that Jesus, as he was walking and he heard blind Bartimaeus saying, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus is the king of mercy. The Bible says that Jesus stopped in his tracks and stopped, looked over there and said, bring him on. Think about that. And so they so this is what blind Bartimaeus did. He he took the cloak, his beggar's cloak, the only way he could live, the only way he was living because he only could live on handouts because he was blind. He was a beggar and he took the beggar's coat and he dropped it. You know what he was saying? His faith was already working. He said, I'm not going to be a beggar anymore. I'm not going to be begging for for crumbs. I'm not because I'm 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 changing my beggar's cloak. Amen. To a disciple's robe. Glory to God. And then he came to Jesus and Jesus said, what do you want? What can I do for you? Isn't Jesus the greatest servant of all? Jesus is saying, what can I do for you? What if Jesus is standing before you today asking you, what can I do for you? Do you know? Do you have an answer? Do you do you have any desire? Are you believing God for anything? Are you believing God to do something in your life? 
And, and, and blind Barmaid says, I want to see. And Jesus said, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. And his eyes were open and he started following Jesus. And he changed his beggar coat into a disciple robe. Glory to God. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And God opened his eyes through Jesus. I'm telling you, the, the crowds were amazed. Amen. Powerful. So, so we have to have, we, we can't just, you know, take, a, you know, a no. We got to keep pressing in until we hear a yes. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so the, 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 the last, these are a couple more keys I want to talk to you about. And it's all in Mark 5, 25 through 34. And let's just read this quickly. And it says here, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. And she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Uh, you, know, you know, it's a bad situation when you're sick and, the, and you go to the doctors and it gets worse. You, you know, that's not a good situation. So she was in a bad situation. And not only that, she, she got broke going to the doctor's. Amen. That's a bad situation to be broke and sick. I mean, I don't know if it can get any worse than that. And it says, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fa- uh, uh, she, she, she spent all that she had, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, there we go. She, she came behind him in a crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of, uh, of the uh, affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself the power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thonging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her and who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him, told him the whole truth. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So let's look at this story real quickly. And let me just draw out a couple points with this story. Uh, here, uh, you, we can see that this lady was tenacious. This lady um, was in a place where she was sick. And the Jewish laws would say that she, sh- she should not be out in public. She should have been quarantined. But she was willing to go against the Jewish laws. She was willing to do whatever it took to get to Jesus. And so, and so she had a tenacious spirit about her. But there were some keys that she did that if you follow these keys, you can have what you're believing God for. More than just uh, healing, whatever you're believing God for, that the word backs up. Amen. And so here she, she said to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. In other words, she, she started thinking about, man, Jesus is in town. He's healing everybody. There's nobody that has not gotten healed, that, that got in contact with Jesus. And if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to get my healing. And I'm going to say this. Life, a lot of times, is a self-fulfilling prophecy. In other words, you're going to get what you say. 
Uh, can I say that again? In, in other words, your life, sum total of what you have today is everything you said yesterday. It's your words, your words. Every word will be weighed in the balance in, 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 on judgment day, but it's also being weighed in the balance every day. And so our words, what we say and what we don't say can either move us forward or get us or, or we can end up falling backwards. And so she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. I shall be healed. So she said something. And so we're going to have to say something. What, what do I have to say, Pastor? Well, one of the things you need to start saying, you need to start saying the healing scriptures. You need to start confessing the promises of God's word. Why do I need to do that? Because you need to get in agreement with God. Because if you're if you're believing that this this sickness or whatever is of God or if you're believing it's something that you can't overcome, if you're believing that, then you're going to have it. It's going to you it's going to stay there. But if you believe that God is greater, that God is bigger, that God is able to do more abundantly more than you can ask or think. If you believe that, then that's what God's going to perform in your life. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So, so here she said something and you need to start saying, by Jesus stripes, I'm healed. You need to start saying that he sent his word and healed me and delivered me from all my destructions. You need to start saying some words like, with long life, you'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. Glory to God. You need to start confessing some scriptures pertaining the promises of the word of God for your situation. So you need to start saying something. In other words, you need to agree with God. And a lot of times we're more in agreement with our sickness, with our ailment. Because a lot of times people that are sick, they like to talk about it. But I like to talk about the promises. I don't want to talk about, oh, my aching back. Ah, man, I woke up this morning. You don't know what kind of pain I've been dealing with. Listen. You don't need to be focused on the pain. You need to be focused on the person of Jesus Christ. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? You need to be focused on Jesus. Not focus on the problem. Focus on the promise. And when we focus on the promise, the promise will become a reality to us. And that promise will become more real than the sickness that we're dealing with. That giant's coming down. I'm going to say it again. The giant's coming down. See, see, David should not have been able to take down Goliath. No way. It was impossible. The odds were against David. The odds were for Goliath. But David was able to take him down. Why? Because David said, I'm going to take your head off today. He spoke the end result and I'm going to feed your body to the to the birds of the air. He the 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 Goliath said that to him. But David turned it back around on him. And whatever the enemy's trying to do in your life, God's turning it around because you're going to speak the end result. You're coming through it. You're coming through it better than you before you came into it in Jesus name. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Number two, you, you, you need to act on your faith. You need to start believing that what the word of God is true. You need to act as if you're healed. In other words, you got you to gotta not consider the, your body, but consider something greater. 
See, Abraham considered not his, his uh, you know, the deadness of Sarah's womb or, or how old he was. So they, they, they could have the baby at 100 years of age. She was 90. He didn't consider that. No, he considered the promises of God. And we need to start considering the promises of God. And the Bible says that Abraham grew uh, in favor with God and he gave glory to God in the process. In other words, are you grumbling or are you giving God glory? And I'm going to give God some glory. Hallelujah. I'm going to thank God in the process until I see the, 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 the blessing of, of the healing or the deliverance in Jesus name. So we got to act like it's so. And then, you know, she 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 went through and she pressed through. She touched the hem of his garment. And the next key is you have to learn to receive your healing. She felt power go into her body. She just she she received it. Glory to God. And we have to learn to receive our healing. In other words, we need to talk as if we're already healed. In other words, we need to start speaking. Thank God by Jesus Christ. I'm not going to get healed. I'm already healed. But you got all of those elements. Yeah, but you, you're calling that thing that be not as though they were. You're calling into existence what you're believing God to do in your life. You're not lying. You're calling it into existence. You're not saying you don't have it. You're saying what you want to have, not what you don't want to have. If you're if you are diagnosed with a broken foot, you don't say, I don't have a broken foot. I don't have a broken foot. There's no faith in that. No, you say by Jesus stripes, I'm healed by Jesus stripes, I'm healed. See, that's where the faith comes in. But you don't deny what exists. You deny the right for it to be in your body by speaking the promises of God's word. Am I getting through to anybody today? And then the fourth key here in this little story, you got to Tell it. Amen. In other words, we need to testify. You know, we had a testimony today with Jordan. It was a beautiful testimony. And he got up and he testified of the goodness of God, bringing them from death's door, glory to God, and hallelujah, into more life. Even the doctors are amazed of his progress. And, and I came and saw him at, at, at the hospital and I believed for him. I believe for supernatural recovery. Glory to God. Amen. Where the doctors would be amazed and they are. Glory to God. So you get what you believe and you get what you say. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? You get what you believe and you get what, what are you saying? What have you been saying? Now, this will work in any area of your life. What are you saying about your financial situation? What are you saying about your health? What are you saying about your life? What are you saying? And you need to start speaking life into every dark area in, 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 in the life that you live. You speak life to it. Allow the light of God's word to light up your life. Glory to God. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So, so what do you do? You, number one, you say something. You say the promise of God. Number two, you act on your faith. You act as if the word of God is true. You receive it. You, you, you stand in agreement that God's word is more true than that affliction that's attacking your body. And then you start telling people about it. 
Glory to God. And when you start telling people that God is good. See, listen, if you've been delivered from something, maybe alcoholism, maybe cigarettes or whatever, you, you, you're, that's part of your testimony. Every time you're telling somebody uh, about Jesus, you say, God has delivered me from this. And you keep telling, God has delivered me from alcohol. God has delivered me from this, from this sickness. God has delivered me. And you just keep speaking. How do we overcome? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and and the word of our testimony. Revelation 12. That's how you overcome. You become an overcoming Christian by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. And the more you testify of God's goodness, of God's mercy, of God's love, the more you're going to walk in it and you'll be a reflection of the promises of God. And people will be saying, wow, when they see you and then they may get some light, they may get some truth, they may be able to get a hold of what you got and they may be able to, their lives might be radically changed too. Do you believe that today? I'm telling you, you're a, there's a, listen, the power of God is always present to heal. The power of God is, always, there's no shortage of God's power. But what, what, what brings the power into our life is faith. What brings the power, it's us believing God. That's what brings the power. In other words, there's lots of people coming to church, but there's some people that aren't receiving because they're not hooked in in faith. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? It was, you see, remember Jesus said to the lady with the issue of blood, she said, daughter, thy, not my power, but thy faith, not my, my anointing, but the, your faith has made you well. And your faith can set you free, can set you free from any, any bondage in your life. I'm telling you, there's nothing too hard for God and there's n- nothing too hard when you start standing in faith and believing. Do you believe that today? Well, I believe you got something this morning. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness and your love today. I thank you, Father God. That we're moving into a greater place of victory, Lord. I thank you, Father God. Oh, that you're doing mighty things in our midst. And perhaps you're here in the audience. I know some of you are believing and keep believing. Maybe you're out there watching online. I'm going to say this. The first key for you to walk in God's blessing is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And so I, I'm, I'm going to lead you. Are you ready to do that today? Tomorrow's not guaranteed. The Bible says today's the day of salvation. Say this if you're ready to move forward in God and to walk in the blessings that God has for you. Say this and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus You died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior and my healer. And I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.